welcome to Real Trail Talk. I am Donovan D'Souza from The Long Ways Better. And I'm Mark Pybus from The Life of Pi. Welcome to episode 67. We are doing one that we've wanted to do actually for quite a while. And we've got Dave Osborne from Walk GPS and the president of Hike West in to join us to talk about his website, Walk GPS, which is a, a series of off track to on track walks, but mainly off track walks in Western Australia. And it's a great resource for anyone that uh, is into hiking. So, welcome, Dave. Thanks. Very pleased to be here. So, Dave, I guess, first of all, for people who don't know Walk GPS, what is Walk GPS and how did you come about with this idea for an off-track walking website? Well, Walk GPS is really a uh, resource for bushwalkers in the Perth region. And um, given there's a very limited number of actual existing developed trails in the region, such as the Eagles View Trail, I saw a, a demand, if you like, for other walks Based on my experience, there were lots of walks out there that weren't documented anywhere. And uh, given the pressure on tracks such as the Eagle View Trail, it seemed like a good reason to get some information out there, giving people the awareness that there were other opportunities. Mm -hmm. When did you start it now? Back in 2003, I think I launched the site, yeah, with initially 15 walks, and now there's about 85-odd walks on there. Over a thousand kilometres of walking. Awesome, yeah. that's a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, what goes into creating a typical walk? Like, you don't just decide, here's a loop, go and do it. You actually go out quite a few times and scout it. Mm. Um, how do you pick an area and then decide like a length and difficulty mm. for a, a walk? Uh, usually, it just starts with uh, realizing there's a blank area on the map. For a new area, you know, and, and, and that's the excitement of thinking, well, is there, is there an opportunity for a good new walk in this area? Uh, most of the areas, of course, have been walked over the years by bushwalking clubs and so on, the off-track walking areas. So then it's not as if we're always going into new areas. But uh, So you look at the map, and then these days you've got Google Earth, of course, which is a great resource for getting mm-hmm. an idea of what's what might be on the ground. You can generally pick whether it's Jarrah Forest or, or um, Wandu, for example, and whether there's um, very thick vegetation, mm. the areas you want to avoid. So you get a fair idea before you get out there what you're going to be walking into. And then, of course, using the map and the Google Earth, you can plot up a intended route. And then the fun is going out there and testing it on the ground. You know. So you plan that beforehand and then try to test to see if it's... For sure, yeah. It's always, yeah. I always plan it in advance and, and have a fair idea of the route I'm going to walk, put that into my GPS. Mm-hmm. One of the advantages of GPS is you can get out there and just walk in a fairly relaxed way without having to worry about every bearing that you would have to do if you're using map and, you know, map and compass. Yeah, mm. for sure. <laughs> so when so you've written a couple of times, Donovan, that you would like to be... Uh, with Dave at a certain point when he comes across like a big granite formation. Dave, is there like a sense when you're out there and you discover something brand new that you couldn't see from Google Earth because it's all hidden by forest that you just kind of sit back and just go, wow, this is fantastic? Definitely. That's half the fun of getting out there. Of getting out there. Every, every time you do go and test a new route, you're always, you, you always come up with surprises. You find, find the unexpected out there. Uh, as you say, even if it's small outcrops, generally you can see the big outcrops on the on Google Earth, but or or even on the maps. Mm-hmm. But uh, to get out there and come across some nice little sort of boulders sculpted by nature, you know, and uh, 
other little delights, um, laterite breakaways even, just a landscape that you can't pick off Google Earth. It's only by getting out there and walking it that you find out. Mm. Yeah. Have there been any sort of waterfalls that you've sort of never heard of and then you've just stumbled upon in some of these? Well, there have been. Um, <laughs> a recent one is down near Baniola um, Regional Park. Mm-hmm. There is one in there, which I'm surprised hasn't been really widely documented. Uh, it's certainly been accessed in the past. There's a clearly a little mountain bike trail did exist at one time because there's a little wooden bridge there so people have been in there plenty of times before but um, I uh, sort of stumbled across it when you're looking just looking for the interesting places to um, put your route you know. So do you read like the contours of a map and kind of piece together maybe this is a really interesting spot and go and visit that or is it just kind of here's some hills I'm going to investigate this this area? Yeah, it's it's very much looking at. I mean, I, just the background. I was I, I was um, I was um, trained as a geologist, and so I've got a natural interest, I guess, in maps. You know, and, and reading maps, mm. and uh, and just the idea of getting out there and exploring. So that's that's built into my whole psyche, really. Mm. Um, but uh, certainly, a case of looking at the looking at the map and looking at, as you say, the closeness of the contours, realising where there's a nice steep slope that might be interesting, something happening there, and and where there's a deep gully where the contours all come together, and maybe where there might be a little waterfall because the contours come together closely in a in a, in a um, gully or something, and that's the sort of place you go out looking at that mightn't be um, shown as a waterfall on the map. So mm. yeah. Mm. So when you've you've gone out and discovered places. You know, you said there's 85 on the website. Have you, I'm guessing that there's a lot more that you've done that probably didn't end up being good enough or? Yeah, there's for sure. There's there's quite a few there, a few areas in, in some perhaps more sensitive areas that you wouldn't encourage people to walk in. Mm. Um, you might do them as occasional club walk, but again, you know, if you, if, you, if it's an area that might raise sensitivities and you don't, you don't promote it or publish it. Mm. Uh, and there's a few, some of the smaller nature reserves are probably best, you know, even the friends groups might get a bit upset if, if walkers going in there too often and mm. walk, walking off track, especially if they've put in their own on developed trails. So those are areas where we might walk as club groups and so on, but not something I'd put on the website. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned encouraging people to get out there. How often do you like revisit a trail just to make sure that the route's okay? It's not been affected by a recent burn and overgrown too much. And uh, amended the website because of that. A lot of it in recent years has been from feedback. So, um, I mean, every every route, just about every route, will change with prescribed burns. And so, I, I think I give enough warnings on the website. Hopefully, that um, you know, buyer beware. Uh, Everything keeps changing. The Australian bush. Every time you have a burn, the prickly Moses comes up, and uh, uh, things change dramatically. Um, there was one good walk I had around the um, eastern flank of Mount Cook years ago, mm. and then that hot fire in two thousand three came through, and the eastern flank just came up as uh, you know three meter high prickly Moses, really <laughs> dense. And I actually got through there and walked it once after that, but that was it. You know, it, it was. A route that just I had to take. It was actually on the website, and I just took it off, and 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 hence the route that's on there now is a, a very simple route along the crest of the 
ridge on the mm. Bibbulmun track and then back around the western side, which is a, it's a nice walk, but it's a, a very different walk than the original walk was there. So, mm. yeah, when I, when I do go back and um, rewalk some of them, I change them, but um, a lot of it I leave to people that's, I think that's part of it for off-track walking. People have got to realise that things are constantly changing and they've got to be ready to, uh, you know, find, it, find their own way around. Um, very much what off-track walking is all about. It's not walking along the same, exactly the same footpad as everybody else has trod before. Mm. Yeah, I think I get into quite a, a big trouble when I'm out, not big trouble, but small trouble when I follow animal tracks just because your brain's wired to following trails yep. and you see it go off, you're like, well, people must have been here before, <laughs> but it's the animals going through the bush and not necessarily the, the route that you've yeah, laid but, out. But, no, that's that's exactly. I mean, there's more animal trail. Most of the tracks you'll see out there, if people say, "Oh, look, there's been bush bashers out here," or so, but in fact, I think there's very little evidence. If you go around the, as I say, the eighty or so walks out there, you'll find every evidence of people having walked through. What you will see is the animal tracks that a lot of the routes follow, because that's the obvious, obvious way you're going to walk. Um, follow the animal trails and uh, the open, open areas. Mm. It, it's a real mug who goes crashing the so-called bush bashing or trampling on the vegetation you know because number one the bush bashing you're walking into really prickly hard vegetation mm. like most of the Australian bush WA bush and then uh, if you're walking on the ground cover you've got the risk you're going to step onto a snake you know which I've come close to a couple of times but it's exactly that reason that you're walking you, you're picking the open spots to walk on Yep. You don't, and 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 then the third thing is you, there's a fair risk you're going to pick up some ticks out there, and nobody wants to pick up half a dozen ticks on their walk. You know, yeah. and <laughs> find they're scratching for the next week. You know, there's, in fact, I've even recently heard quite a bit of discussion about bush bashing. It comes up from time to time, but in fact, the um, the nature of the bush out there itself um, provides its own sort of control controls on keeping people to the open areas and, uh, mm. not doing damage to the, you know, the bush. So. so you said that you started with 15 walks and you said, you know, Mount Cook isn't there anymore. That, that mm. particular walk you had, do you have any other ones that are from the old days that don't exist anymore or any of them that have been real stayers well, since those days? Yeah, good question. I mean, a few have been taken off simply because they became reservoir protection zones, you know, which is an is issue in itself. And uh, as you know, around the reservoirs, there's a two-kilometre limit uh, no-go zone. And there's been a few areas like that that have been affected. Um, one of them was around uh, Carnot, um, around Serpentine Dam, the Pipehead Dam, lovely walk in there. Mm. And uh, Carnot Rock was quite a feature. Um, but sadly, that area now has actually been given up to bauxite mining anyway. So, as much as bushwalkers were kept out, the bauxite miners have come in. So, yep. uh, but that was one area I took off simply because it was within the RPZ, and I did. Yeah, you know, I can't promote uh, something that obviously is um, basically prohibited. Mm. Um, and similarly, around um, uh, around Boulder Rock, another area close to Canning Reservoir within the RPZ, basically. And there's some beautiful walking in there. And I had a walk that I used to call the Poison Gully Walk. And uh, I took that off. It was a fantastic walk. But again, it came within the too close to the reservoir. And uh, that, that disappeared off the site. Mm. Uh, Mark and I were just at yeah. Boulder, walk, Boulder <laughs> Rock a couple of uh, weeks ago. Yeah. And we were wondering why there was no walks in yeah. the area. No, it's a stunning area. And I mean, 
you can understand the reservoir protection zones, but the the outer catchment areas, it's a pity there that one of the challenges is really we need more walks. Mm. But we're very restricted. If we put in any more trails, they're going to have to be more or less along the Darling Scarp because everything else beyond the Darling Scarp is either reservoir protection zone or outer water catchment. Mm. And the water catchment areas, the policy is that there's, um, unless it's under existing government strategy for new developments, um, then there's to be no new trail developments out there, no new infrastructure to go in. And for, for example, under the current WA hiking strategy, I'm not aware that there's any provision in, in there that we can put in any new infrastructure in the outer water catchment area. So we're really a little bit hamstrung for where we do provide all these extra trails mm. that we desperately need. Mm. Um, I, I, I see, you know, there are some possible solutions I'd like to think, and one of them is you use things like my roots and just put in a few tags on the trees and call it a, a marked route, if you like, mm. and whether that whether that becomes classified as infrastructure, I'm not sure, but it's something that needs to be discussed with Watercorp and mm. um, some of the other agencies because mm. I think we desperately need more you know, uh, trails like that out there and also that sort of trail that gives people another type of experience you know, rather than purely on track and um, you know, walking the same track again and again, basically. Yeah, that's something that I've I've noticed that we don't do so well here compared to um, the eastern states. Like in in New South Wales, there's areas in the Blue Mountains that are just fairly open areas where you can just walk, and there's just like you can walk anywhere you want in this area, and that's sort of more adventurous kind of of, of an expedition you can't really do in a lot of places in the Perth area because of the water catchment issue. Yeah, that's exactly. No, it's it's a, it's, it's a sad. Um waste of an opportunity in a way, as I see it. Um, you know, you look what they've done in the Northern Territory with the you know, Nitmaluk National Park there with round Catherine Gorge. And there's some wonderful trails in there. The, um, one on the, I think it's the Willika Trail. The, the famous one's the Jatbula Trail, which is a six-day walk. But mm. the Willika Trail is um, on the southern side of the gorge. And that was that is just, as I say, just a purely marked trail with little... Um, diamond trail markers hanging from shape, you know, little metal tags hanging from the trees. That's mm. about it. Mm. And the trail is totally un- undeveloped. There's nobody's put a bobcat through or anything, you know, to ruin the vegetation. Mm. It's just a marked trail, and there's very little evidence of on the, on the ground that people are, you know, trampling or anything. Mind mm. you, it's pretty fairly rocky ground, a bit like a lot of our, you know, pea gravel out here. Um, but that's the sort of opportunity. Uh, we've done some of it. Years ago, with the um, you've probably seen the old Survey Heritage Trails up in Avon Valley National Park and mm-hmm. Wellyunga. What happened I with those? Because well, they're, they're in disrepair now. No, the, the the poles are still there, and you can yep. you can probably follow them mostly. But but they're just not. There's if you want to find where the tracks go, it's very hard to get a brochure. Mm. You'd probably have to go to the state library. I suspect you know, I've got a copy, but you'd, mm. for anybody else, it's probably yeah. going to the state library because. Uh, a lot of those heritage trails, um, for one reason or another, weren't um, weren't strongly supported. I guess, mm. um, but the concept is great. You know, it's just a it's just a, a few poles in the ground, marker poles. Most of them are still there, surprisingly, it seems. And uh, those particular trails are quite fascinating because you you follow the the old um, John Forrest um, survey cairns, you know, mm. which mm. are still mainly there. Mm. Um, 
but they are quite they're quite challenging walks. But that's the sort of thing I think we really need more of, you know, because um, those particular ones are probably not in the most accessible or interesting country. I, I think we could have more. We would get they would get more um, more participation somewhere out in the say the Wandu Woodlands or whatever, mm. where they have more appeal and even more easier access from Perth. But, um, mm. Yeah. You mentioned bauxite mining before, and I think on your website it was like the first time I'd ever seen a visual representation of the damage that it's actually done. Um, you've got a cool time lapse um, showing mm. satellite photography um, of the areas, and one of your walks on Mount Solus. Have you mm. removed that, or you just? Oh, well, there's another walk. You see, warnings. yeah, no, Mount Solus is still there, but I guess it makes the point, doesn't it? Without, um, you know, again, no, no consultation with bushwalking community by the way but um, it's, it's just happening um, it's pretty well finished that walk now because the mining is going across the northern flank it's already crossed the northern part of that walk route mm. um, but it's a sign of what's going to come and I think that's the sad thing is the public is generally not aware of uh, essentially all the state forest that's not protected by national parks at present yeah it's all fair game for bauxite mining under the um, existing state agreements and the mining will go on for another 40 or 50 years mm. and as much as um, the miners claim to have world's best practice in rehabilitation, you know, the most bushwalkers know that the, the terrain it's not quite and, the same. And, <laughs> and the vegetation is, is not the same and, 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 and the reality is it's a long-term experiment as well that in trying to regrow Jarrah Forest on on very different substrate than, mm. than you started mm. with. And mm. the same will apply to Wandu Woodlands, you know. And uh, probably people aren't aware that the Wandu Woodlands are largely going to disappear, down, apart from the Wandu National Park, but along the eastern side of the Darling Range, um, that's, that's you know, one of the other mining companies is working, they, they will work their way from Mount Bannister Hill will be another area that will disappear. So that will be certainly a walk, GPS walk that will disappear within 20 years if I'm still around you know it'll be <laughs> off the website yeah uh, so uh, but it's um, it's sort of it's a reality check for people who worry about I guess when they people get overly concerned with off-track walking and so on if they stop to think that most of the areas we're actually walking in they're not actually within the national parks most mm. of those areas are going to be mined strip mined for bauxite mining anyway mm. um, so and in the past, of course, most of them have been heavily logged for, you know, Jarrah, uh, Jarrah logging as well. Because so. mm. it's certainly becoming more prevalent, especially if you're up around Mount Cook, um, Mount Vincent, Mount Cusper, you can see the opposite side of Albany Highway and you can, it's just orange because they're just encroaching further and further towards that area and yeah. that's where they want to expand and I hope people kick up more of a fuss now that it's become a bit more visible. Yeah, well, in a few years you'll look out in the other direction and it'll be the same. So you'll have it on both <laughs> sides. So, and uh, you know, there's a 30-year plan there to go all the way from uh, Bannister, Bannister Hill on the Albany Highway up to Brookton Highway. Um, that's I think it's about 80 kilometres, and there'll be strip mining all the way up there. So, mm. um, but it, it's a, it's a it's a tough one. I mean, the governments have got state agreements with, that were signed many years ago so mm. and it's very hard for them to back, back away from those mm. um, but you know times they really have changed you know it, it might have been it was sort of uh, 
development at any any cost in the back in the sort of early 80s perhaps but now I mean there's probably more appreciation of the the environment particularly when it's on Port Perth's doorstep mm. and what what value that will have for um, you know to the community in coming years so mm-hmm. I think particularly you know. from a bushwalking point of view um, what one of the things I found with a lot of the walk GPS walks is they're much more scenically interesting than the walks that say Shire of Kalamunda have, which you know, uh, save say Whistlepipe Gully and um, the you know any of the waterfall related ones. There's a lot of that are just on vehicle tracks through you know fairly nondescript forest. Whereas I found in a lot of the walks, like for example, um, you know Boyagan Rock or um, North Dandalup Dam walk GPS walks, that the scenery there has been some of the best I've seen in the state. And yet these are areas where there's just no walk opportunities. And in fairness, they would be, some of those would be challenging, particularly North Dandalup Walk mm. would be really challenging to to try and develop as a as a, a walk for the general public, for example, you know, yeah. mm. and, and make it easy, too easily accessible because it really, it, 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 on my part, it requires some pr- pretty pretty strong disclaimers on the site. You know, that <laughs> yeah. you, you, you beware the slippery rocks and so on, you know, and... And and to any novice walker, it, it it potentially is a is a is a, a great place to get a sprained ankle or even worse, you know. Mm. Um, but as you say, there's so many opportunities out there for more exciting walks that don't just follow existing forestry trails and so on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, for those that are looking to get into some of your more difficult walk GPS walks, what are the basics that they would need in terms of understanding navigation? getting the GPS and having kind of a sense of direction about where they are? Well, I'd always have to say that, the, that one of the best ways of getting confident of bushwalking is to join a club. You know, even if you only join a club for a, for a, you know, a few months and the clubs are quite happy to take on introductory walkers and, and introduce them to bushwalking. And then there's always um, people around, some of the club members who got experience with using GPS and so on so you can pick up learning how to use your GPS that way um, but of course there's lots of people out there these days who'll go off and get to grips with their GPS just by testing it out in a local park whatever and that's probably the key thing is to for heaven's sakes don't go out there drive 100 kilometers and then turn your GPS on <laughs> and ex- yeah. which you hear cases like that you know yeah. and then uh, and then find, whoops, it, it's, it's not working how I expected or whatever, you know. Um, mm. Or I didn't load the tracks, I didn't, I didn't load the file right or something. Mm. Or I haven't got a decent map, um, you know, database in, the, in, in my GPS. Um, so, yeah. Because one thing I always find handy is having the GPS there, but then also having the little PDF that you include with each walk. So you can compare where you are to your route and you've got your trail notes there as well it's just comes in handy as a backup if you're not quite sure that you're following the right um, route yeah it's interesting it's interesting the range of different approaches people take i mean some just these days i know some walkers you just have a phoenix garmin phoenix wash watch mm-hmm. and, and 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 they don't even navigate to the, the waypoints mm. they navigate purely on the on the track, or this, the inverted commas track, GPS track, mm. and um, they can navigate closely enough to that. 
um, without any reference to notes and sadly sometimes not even any reference to a, a broader scale map. And that's something that always bothers me when I see a walker out there just with a GPS and without a hard copy map, for instance, because I'm, 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 I myself always carry a, at least the map on the A4, the little A4 map I provide. Mm. And you get a much, obviously you get a much broader perspective mm. on the area you're walking in than if you're just looking in that tiny little GPS sc screen. Uh, and, and you can often miss, miss um, sort of the feel of the feel of the area you're walking in. Mm. Mm. And, uh, yeah. We had that experience with, um, you know, a live and learn experience with that when we did the Wangong Gorge walk. We The first time we did it, we didn't print a copy of, of the paper map and our battery ran out on right. the phone. We had the, had, had the app running basically constantly. And so from then on, we always plugged the, the phone into a, a battery pack and had the paper as well, just in case. And that was it was good that we did one that was you know relatively easy like we we got to the other side of the gorge just that, that bit where you get to that nice rocky outcrop which looks over the uh, valley from the southern side yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 and so it was pretty easy to figure out how we had to get back because you could see you know where the road was to get back to the car but if we had done something that was a bit more difficult then it would have been probably a little bit more of a challenge. Mm. Um, it also also happened to us when we did North Dandelup, uh, the battery died and we were kind of able to navigate based on, we remember where the car was. Mm. And because we know that you like to look at for granite outcrops, <laughs> we used the granite outcrops to guide us back to the car. Very good, very good. Yeah. Well, we found out, like, if I'm just like, why are we turning here? And you're like, oh, Dave wants me to go over here. There's a laterite breakaway. Like, That's where I meant to follow. Yeah. Well, I guess, the, the uh, funnily enough, quite a few people remark on that. I mean, I, number one, I am a geologist, so, you know, rock, yeah. rock, rocks always interest me. But the other thing, obviously, the... Um, you know, one of the challenges for navigation out in the Darling Range is it is really just a plateau. You know, it's not mountain range, so you haven't got many features to navigate to, and the 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 few few scattered outcrops do provide fairly useful waypoint marks, if you like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Feature, features to navigate towards. Mm. Um, but yeah, you're right. As far as carrying a map, too, the other thing is, you know, if something does go wrong, um, it's very handy to have that map that you can see where your other exit points might be especially if, if you walk in a group too for club mm. walks and so on that if you have to get someone out and you can look at the broader picture i mean you can probably do that on your little gps but it's very easy if you've got the hard copy there mm -hmm. and i usually on the on my, on my walk gps notes i mark a few few escape points as well mm. you know whether it's bushfire or whether it's an injury or whatever so people can get out by the easiest route yeah yeah so for people who are, I guess, using the website and want to get a sense for, you know, maybe they've, they've done Eagle View 15 times and they're sick of, of doing the same one again and again, what are some good ones that you recommend for people as good beginner hikes from your website? Uh, there's, yeah, there's a few there and mostly along the Darling Scarp because they're closer into Perth, so you haven't got that one, one hour drive, whatever, out to a lot of the other walks, but... Um, you could say North Ledge, South Ledge, up Mundaring Weir is a nice, nice walk there. Mm. And it's got options. You can either do half of it on the Bibbulmun track or you can go even there a little bit off track down to the Helena Valley. 
some lovely outcrops areas down in there. Um, other areas uh, you mentioned, I think, before, Victoria Reservoir area. Nice little circuit walk there, Ellis Brook, Bickley Reservoir yeah. area. Um, Kitty's Gorge is very, very popular, uh, but it's more or less a, a there and back type walk. But that's sorry, that's the official walk. My, my but my my route on walk GPS sadly is a very challenging walk for that area. <laughs> for the Serpentine Gorge one, that's a, that's a, a really challenging one. You can cut it short, shorter if you want, but uh, so not that particular one for a for a novice walker. <laughs> yeah. Um, other walks uh, and PC Brook up obviously up in uh, Kalamunda National Park. That's a good little area, and there's other options from there. People can find their own way around there, tie tie in that walk down on the Bibbulmun track down into the gully and mm. out by other various routes. There's a lot of um, unsanctioned mountain bike tracks that make I, great walks. Well, <laughs> even in that area, I've noticed just, uh, funnily enough, I was walking, looking at it, that area again just recently, mm. and, and just in the time since I last looked, you can pick additional new mountain bike trails that have gone in, which are obviously unsanctioned. Yep. And obviously, I look at those and think, well, our potential for to tie in is, you know, once the once they're in there, they become potential routes, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so, but uh, yeah, no, there's quite a few walks, mainly along the scarp, and then of course it's around um, Bell Rapid area too. Oh yeah, easy, easy yeah. walks around there. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Back when I started um, hiking again. A lot of the walk GPS walks, I mean, they were all free. And then a few years ago, you decided to make the decision to put it, I think it's 70% behind a paywall. <laughs> what was the decision making going into that? And why is there, it's, I mean, it's only a, it's a $10 membership if you're with a bushwalking club and 20 if you're not. Is that right? Yeah, well, it, it was one very fundamental reason. And that was because after having had the site up there, what's for 14 years, basically, um, and the initial site, the history was that I built that up um, with no IT skills initially, but I bought the little, I bought the front page, the old um, Microsoft front page web building package, which was sort of web, website building for dummies, really. Where you didn't need any HTML coding knowledge or anything. So that was great for getting the site built, mm. and that kept me going for the 14 years or so. But then I decided it was time to really upgrade it and make it a bit more professional. Mm. And so I got um, outside help for that. And quite frankly, that cost me $15,000, you know. So, wow. so, you know, <laughs> that that time I wasn't prepared to basically learn, learn WordPress from scratch. I just helped. Um, in fact, I'd just come out of project managing a new website for Perth Bushwalkers Club, which took two years of fairly intensive work. Mm. And um, again, I, that was built on Joomla. Um, and I wasn't wanting to then go immediately uh, for walk GPS to have to learn WordPress, a totally different thing again. Mm. So I got an outside contractor, um, and that was good value, um, the 15000 But at the same time, uh, the consultant himself said to me, well, you, you're silly not to try and recover some of that money. Mm. And so I am sort of recovering some of it, but it's, it's not, you know, a minimum cost, basically. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's pretty good value. I would hope uh, so. In a year, um, well, very good if, value. If, if you add up the fact too that each of those walks that's on there, it probably takes me minimum about to get a, you know, I like to do at least three or four rec rec reconnaissance trips out there to get a walk right. And you always, mm. 
you do your first walk and you always go back home and look at the map and think, oh, gee, um, you know, I really didn't check out that next little, um, you know, bend in the, in, the, in the gully or whatever or, you know, over the next hill. And so you go back another time and then it generally on average, I'd say four or five, four or five visits. And when you're thinking that most of those involve uh, two hours driving in total, Mm. Uh, mm. You know, it's a bit of bit of petrol money involved as well. You know, so <laughs> yeah. Um, as much as I enjoy doing it, um, obviously I do, and I do it. Obviously, it's largely for myself, and I love sharing the information. But uh, for the sustainability of it, um, to keep the thing going, I thought, well, no, I've got to, got to, you know, be sensible and get 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 something back to cover the ongoing costs. Mm. Well, you think the cost for a year is an entry into a national park for a vehicle once and a coffee. It's pretty good value considering. I hope so. Yeah, Mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've mentioned some of the walks that are sort of some of the classics that have been there for a long time, some that Mm. have disappeared and some that are good for beginners. Do you have any that are sort of personal favourites? Sadly, no, not really. I mean, every, <laughs> that, what, what, I, what I tend to say is, I mean, every walk, it's like the last walk, I, I think I was talking to you earlier, that I, I've just um, been walking out in the um, out near Mount Observation again just recently. And it seems to me the case every time I go to a new an area I haven't walked previously, that becomes my current favourite walk, you know, yeah. and it'll <laughs> stick in my memory for quite a long time. Yeah. And for yeah. that reason, I mean, that's an area I've already been out to twice. Um, no, three times. No, three times now. I've been out there three times in the last couple of weeks mm. simply because I enjoyed it so much. <laughs> yep. um, and as Mark knows, it's quite a long drive out that way. You know, it's, it's yeah. about, uh, that's about one and a half hours drive. So you've got three hours driving, mm. um, but well worthwhile. And, but that is truly the case, I find, that you get such a charge out of each, new, in each area you walk. Mm-hmm. That, and then I look back, you say, for instance, North Dandalup Walk is fantastic. Voyage in Rock. Um, I try and every walk on walk GPS. I try and make interesting, you know, and that's why it does require generally two or three reconnaissance trips at least. Mm. Uh, it's not just a matter of going out there and doing, you know, one quick walk and putting it like like a trip report, put it on the website and hope that people will enjoy it. Yeah, mm. it's got to be something that I know is really worthwhile. Mm. And so, as you said before, are there any that I haven't put on there? And there's there's some apart from the sensitivities of some areas. There's some walks as well that just haven't made the great made the cut you know mm-hmm. um you know d- quite disappointing so that, <laughs> yeah. that does happen yeah but d- generally from google earth it's amazing how you can get a bit of a feel for the areas these days before you go out there and that's been a big change from over the years since i started back in um you know back in 2003 the imagery quality was much poorer in those days so you really couldn't get much idea till you got out on the ground Mm. But now the resolution's so good, you can um, really get a fair idea. As I say, whether it's, for example, whether it's Wandu country or whether it's Jarrah country, and and whether there's dense vegetation around the outcrops, you know, mm. sometimes difficult to difficult to tell. You know, the Shiok Shiok country seems pretty confusing. It always looks dense, but when you get into it. It's as you probably know. It's a nice open stuff to walk through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice carpet as well. Yeah, yeah. beautiful. Yeah, very nice for cycling as well. Oh, would be yeah, sadly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, with that, um, I guess the other question I had re- related to that was: Are there any of your walks that you think are perfectly suited to um, 
fulfilling some of the the poor trail supply that we have in WA for like an on track hike. Uh, definitely, I mean, most of the ones along the scarp that we've talked about, you mm. know, around Ellisbrook. Well, Ellisbrook's already there. You know, it's a wonderful trail, and it's just like some of the like, sadly, like Eagle View Trail, where on a, a fine weekend these days you'll find it's it's like I think I've, I've put a reference on Facebook to it. It was it's, it's like the um, the tagline up Mount Everest, you know, with yeah. just <laughs> yeah. you know, bumper to bumper, and. Uh, so, but Ellis Brook, if you did the circuit walk from Bickley Reservoir, that's that would be a fantastic circuit walk, you know. And and similarly, the walk around Victoria Reservoir, you can tie that into part of the Catamurda and and down the old Mason Bird Heritage Trail there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fairly wide track in part, but it's got the historic interest as well. Um, quite a few other areas there, along the, mainly along the Scarp, where you can can. But that, as as I said before, the sad thing is. We can't extend further out into the, you know, most people are unaware in Perth of, of, of the this, this stunning Wandu woodlands out there. Mm. People just aren't aware of it. Mm. And I think you guys have walked it, you know, if you walk with Boyd and Rock and so on, it's it's jaw-dropping. Yeah, I literally and, hugged uh, trees when I was yeah, there. Yeah, well, I can understand it, you know, and, and it, it's very different country and you get glimpses of it along the Bibbulmun track, but nothing like, um, say, where I was walking a few days ago out near this near Mount Observation there, where you sort of about three kilometres along laterite breakaways, just unbroken Wandu woodlands. Mm-hmm. And really some nice, even though it's been obviously logged 100 years ago, there's some nice mature trees in there. And um, at this time of year, they've still got their, you know, the colour, they've just lost the bark and they've got that lovely golden, golden orange powder on them, mm-hmm. sort of glows in the sunshine. People tell me it glows in the moonlight as well, but you can't, the, the, the problem is you're not allowed to camp out there, so you can't see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know you're in, in the outer catchment, so that's another thing. See, say um, going back before about 2003, I think it was, you used to be allowed to overnight. Back, it was called backpacking with overnight stays. You could actually camp in the outer catchments, but under the since about 2003, that's been banned. Basically, you're allowed to do off-trail walk walking or so-called free-range, as they called it in Policy 13, free-range walking, mm. uh, out in the outer catchments. I don't think that yeah. stops people, though. Like You see, especially around the, the very edges of the roads, you see fire rings and rubbish Well, everywhere. and that's what they're most concerned with, justifiably, I think, is people towing caravans and things out there or having big, um, you know, big campfires and so on. Um, and, then, and then big groups, not, you know, you've got the... The problem with cont- yeah, the, the thing that most worry about is contamination of reservoirs, obviously. Mm. And uh, yeah, there's a there's a, the, the the counter to that, of course, is you up you, you if the government's prepared to pay more for water treatment, mm. which they are in some countries. You know, um, mm. in South Australia, they've got lots of walking around the water reservoirs because mm. they're prepared to pay for water treatment. So it's it's the balance between the the cost cost of um, uh, you know, low, low cost water, if you like, for the public, or the 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 balance is what's the cost of the health of the public not having mm. you know, the community not having access to healthy opportunities for recreation. You know. Yeah. Well, I'm um, hoping that because Wellington National Park has the dam there and that's not fit for drinking, I'm hoping they see all the trail development there and think, well, let's apply this to Perth and maybe better water treatment comes into that because, as you said, it's such a nice area that's just it's almost wasted mm. to have it out there. Mm. Well, 
I, I look at go, going back to where my, I mean, my origins and where I started walking was actually in New Zealand, you know, and the old tramping, tramping country. And in the area I did a lot of my early walking in was the so-called Waitakere Ranges just oh, yeah. in Auckland. Right, you yeah. know it? Beautiful subtropical yeah. rainforest, basically. Mm. And it's only, it's very similar to the Darling Range here, in, in the sense it's only an hour out of Auckland. Mm. And the, the irony is it's about an area of about 5% of the area of the northern, northern Darling Range. It's, I think it's about, it's less than 200 square kilometres. And the area out here in the northern Darling Range is about uh, 4,000, I think, square kilometres. Mm. Um, it's about 4% of the area and the irony is it's, it's also a water catchment area and it supplies, um, I think the Waitakere Ranges a few years back was supplying about 25% of Auckland, Auckland's water needs, mm. quite similar to our reservoirs here supplying the, at that time, only a few years back, was supplying about 25 27% of, of Perth's needs. Um, the irony is in the Waitakere Ranges is about 240 kilometres of walking trails. In the in the um, in the Darling Range here, near Perth, there's the the single basically the single Bibbulmun track, which is 200 kilometres on its own, mm-hmm. and very little else. You know, we're not allowed to do anything to put any more infrastructure in the outer catchments. So, I, I assume the big difference is that in Auckland they're probably prepared, have been prepared to put in money into water treatment. Mm. And that's the offset, you know. So it's which do you want? Do you want cheap water, or or do you prepared to put more more money into water treatment and say we'll open this up for recreation? Mm. And I don't think it's a question that has been really addressed, you know, probably in, in WA. And it's very sad because I think we've got a unique, you know, it's unusual the sort of type of walking opportunities we've got here because it's such easy off track open country out there, beautiful country. And, uh, you know, we've got an opportunity to sort of almost, we talk about differentiating our tourism opportunities and so on. There's, a, there's an opportunity in itself with the Wandu Woodlands um, that I'm sure could become a tourist attraction if it was opened up. You could put a three-day trail there from Great Southern Highway from Mount Observation through to Christmas Tree Well on the Brooklyn Highway. 60-kilometre mm. walk, a couple of huts along the way, and you'd have a fantastic, um, you know, reasonably short, New, new um, short multi-day trail, you know. Yeah, mm. With, yeah. and very different to any other experience. Mm. The irony is, if you're a miner or a logger, or you want pine plantations uh, putting in, you're allowed to do whatever you want in those reservoir areas. Well, ha- happily, most of that area now is is under Wandu National Park, so that's that's a good thing, you know. So, it's then the only obstacle then you'd think in a national park that would be the ideal place to put in a three-day walk. Mm. and to promote the park. But of course, against that, you've got this issue with the water catchments. So until that's sort of thought through further or resolved um, and, and there's some realisation that, you know, with an ageing population and, and, a lo- and, and bushwalking being particularly suitable to, to keeping a- the, the older population, the seniors, healthy and active, mm. um, then, you know, there's, there's your ideal opportunity. <laughs> Yeah, because there was uh, the guy who tried to get the the walk to York yeah. done as a yeah. trail, and yeah. he just kept banging his head against the wall between Shires and Watercorp and DBCA. Well, but the fundamental thing, what I think that was doomed from the start. From the the, 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 the simple fact was, it requ- would have required new infrastructure within the outer water catchment, and it's just quite clearly under existing policy, government policy, 
it's it's a non-starter, you know. Mm. And unless it's covered under government strategic policy or a, a strategic plan, it's not going to happen, you know. And as far as I'm aware, there's no strategic plans, unfortunately, in existence that, that, that suggests that we should be doing something out in the, you know, the Wandu areas. I know Ailey, um, who used to work for Common Ground, uh, Common Grounders Trails. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah she snuck the, the idea of the walk to York in the Shire of York uh, strategy document. Oh, really? No. <laughs> I egged her on to do that. No, yeah. Sadly, it was always a non-starter, I yeah. think. That one. Yeah, yeah, I think she put it there, if current <laughs> yeah. conditions change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so we've talked enough about the Perth area, mm. um, but one of the initiatives that you have going with Walk GPS and Hike West is this book on adventurous walks in the Southwest. Mm. Can you tell us more about that and an update on when that might be released? Good one. Good question. Um, when you say a book, it's pr- unlike, I mean, a book's probably a long way down the line and it might not be the ideal vehicle we're thinking, you know. Um, what I've done in the meantime is started putting walks onto, as you've probably seen, onto Walk GPS. There's about half a dozen on there at the moment. And again, uh, I mainly saw that as offering Hike West a vehicle to get things out there into the public domain. Mm. And then down the down the line, we might try and put an e-book out, perhaps. Uh, that's In fact, I'm speaking, getting ahead of myself here because I haven't even raised this with the board, but the, 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 the Hike West board, but the... That there is the possibility there of doing an e-book, I think, as a fundraising for Hike West. Uh, and it'll still probably be linked into Walk, Walk GPS as a vehicle to just just have the GPX files and so on available. Mm. Um, but it's going to be a longer-term project. It's, it's the, the, the issue these days is just having people to have the time and availability to get down to the southwest and you know test out some of these walks. Basically, we've got 30 walks. I've, I've got 30 walks with maps, almost the quality that are on Walk GPS. They're ready to go, but they're all walks that need testing. You know, mm. just like just like I've done with the Walk GPS walks. Now, I've got out there, and a number of other people have helped me, and we've tested um, about half a dozen or so of them. And a few mm. few of those are on Walk GPS. There's one I've even got on there that's not fully tested, which is the one down at St John Brook near Nana. Uh, but it ties into the old Timberline Trail and it's almost certain to work out as a walk, you know, so mm. I'm quite happy to put walks out there and say, here it is, guys, it's untested, but why not? Yeah. If you're down there and then up, go and walk this. It's a one, yeah. it's a, it's a, though most of them, um, we're trying to make them more day walks because I think these days it's just harder to get people to commit to overnighters and so on, you know, so where possible, um, uh, where I started out with a lot of them being multi-day walks, we'll probably end up having them as optional, um, mm. you know, 15 kilometre type walks and so on. You've probably seen I've got another one there near, um, down there, a beetle up. Um, oh, Carry yeah, Valley. Great, yeah, Greater Beetle up National Park, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and the, yeah, the, the old beetle up campsite, isn't it? Near the beetle up falls. Yeah, beetle up campsite. Yeah, mm. yeah. So there's one, one walk in there we've got. Now that started out. The idea was to have it a sort of multi-day, but um, someone actually tested that. In fact, you probably know Mike Farquhar from the Firetail yeah. Walkers. Mm. He got down there and tested some of that, and he he found out that very nice trail that heads across the uh, little uh, Beetle Up Brook from um, the campsite. Very nice um, old 
forestry trail. Mm. That part worked out well, but then he, when he got a bit further north into the, uh, basically it's all re- regrowth. You, you'd yeah. be familiar with it. If you walk part of the Bibborn track there, you yeah. know, mm. the, the regrowth carry gets fairly monotonous. Yes, I actually and complained that yeah. it was like, it's like left <laughs> I, turn, left turn, left I, turn, left I, turn. I think I've there. read both. You, I think you've, you've got an account on it. And, and yeah, I, that was enough to put me off myself, you know, looking further north. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's the sort of thing, you know, it's, I hope we get, I hope we, you know, get that there, but it's it's just a matter of time and fitting it in, you know, mm. and I've got my priorities with putting more on walk GPS and so on as well, so mm. um, we've also, for Hike West, and this is not so much about Hike West, but we've got that hiking expo we're trying to do next year, and that's taking a heap of time, and, uh, mm. Mm. you know, we, we pushed hard to get it done in May this year, and of course, COVID came along, Um in some ways, that's great because we've got more time now. We're starting early planning on that, and it'll be an even better show for May next year. So, yeah, I was really yeah. looking forward to that as well. I was going to oh. park up at South Ledge and walk down and interact with everyone well, and have fun, but it's, yeah. it's got potential to be a fantastic event because we we actually got um, we've got twenty activ- twenty hiking activities that day. That and when I say hiking, that includes trail running, not this one. Um, we're uh, we've got at least a couple of trail runs on there, social trail runs, and um, the rest will be bushwalks and uh, anything from nine kilometres to much shorter out out to the um, the uh, Bilbon Track campsite. Um, what's the first tra- campsite? Hewitt's. Uh, Hewitt's. No, no, not Hewitt's. Uh, no, Hewitt's the other way. Um, Ball yeah, Creek. Ball Creek, okay. Ball yeah. Creek campsite. Uh, it's about five and a half k. So, and there's there's ample other walks around there. So we've got quite a range of walks, and then the little Wearview Walk itself, which is 1.2 kilometres, I think, but mm. ideal one for families with the kids, you know, just for a bit of an impression of the yep. bush. So, no, we've really fired up with that, and I think it'll be good. The key thing is it's going to be a good chance to introduce people to bushwalking and also having it up in that venue. If we can get them up to the hills, it shows them it's not so far. You drive up to Mundaring, it's not such a long drive after all, you know? Yeah, exactly. And yet for a lot of people in Perth, they think if they haven't, yeah, they haven't got up there before. They just think it's a long way to go for a walk. You know? Yeah, yeah. If you overcome that, you've overcome the biggest battle to getting into bushwalking in mm. Perth. You know. So. so I guess you've talked a bit about you know the Southwest project, which is sort of a bigger project that's going to take a bit of time. And you're you know you said you've done some more research for trails, you know, just this week. So what's the future hold for Walk GPS, and what do you sort of see, you know, coming in the in the pipeline? Really good question. <laughs> uh, no, it's um, basically I, I think I've got a lot of the areas out there near Perth covered. You know, a lot of the there's walks in many of the areas, and most of them are traditional walking areas. Um, but uh, where it, where it goes from here, I may end up putting out an ebook. Similarly, I talked for the adventurous walks of the southwest. I may just to actually. You know, who knows how long that website will be around, how long I'll be around. So I'll probably put most of those walks into an ebook, and then have a link to the GPX file resources. For, so, so the GPS files can be still made accessible. Mm-hmm. And uh, to anybody who purchases the ebook, they'll get everything but the um, GPX files. Maybe that's, that's, that's an option I'm, I'm thinking about at the moment. Mm-hmm. And that's more just from the point of view of having a resource there that's still available down the track, you know, literally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, no, other than that, there's 
there's no uh, no big new plans. Cool. Cool. Well, it's exciting to hear that new trails are coming along. I did drive past, it was on Great Southern Highway, and I saw the nature reserve that you've been out in the past few weeks. I was like, I wonder if Dave will put a walk in there, <laughs> and sure which, enough. Which was at nature reserve, not, not Wateting. Uh, no, yeah, that oh, one. I, I saw the yeah. sign, and oh, then also oh, Wandu National oh, Park. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, yeah Wateting's just a very small um, nature reserve, but it's, it's another, well, probably another half hour beyond that. Um, wonder binnering nice area mm. yeah. alright well thanks very much Dave for coming in it's been a pleasure I know we've wanted to do this one for a while and Dovin and I really enjoy all the walks that you've put up on the website that we've done yeah I think you really have enriched the bushwalking experience in WA with your website well thanks very much I hope that's by sharing that's the aim by sharing the information and uh, seeing guys like you get out there and do some of the walks and then publish a few nice photos of them, which is wonderful. You know, it uh, gets gets the message out there to people that there are these great areas and, uh, you know, the photography I see on your sites is um, sort of does the, does the areas a lot more justice than my photography can do. <laughs> and, uh, I've, you know, I've got an old, I, I actually bought a Canon, um, what was it, 5, 560? The ESD 560 mm-hmm. a few years back, but sadly I um, I couldn't couldn't didn't spend enough time getting getting my head around how to get the best out of it. So uh, I'm still uh, taking all my photos through point and shoot type uh, approach, which is it's mostly the post processing. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. the, the mag- it's mostly the the after shoot editing that gets oh, all is the it? magic. Oh, into right, it, yeah. enhancing them. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Anyway, so uh, thank, thanks for your write-ups as well because I think it all, all helps get the get the word yeah. out there. Yeah. I think with Walk GPS, you kind of extend the natural interest in hiking for at least three or four years with all your off-track adventures because if you just stick to the marked trails, there's not a lot to do unless you recycle through them all the time. So great to have that resource there. Yeah, well, that's, that's part of it. I mean, it's it's it's, it's sort of what we call the, spe- the spectrum of opportunities, you know, so, so people know there's something, you've done the Bibbulmun track, you've done the Eagles View track, you've done a few of the other on-track things, but what do you do next, you know, to test yourself, challenge yourself, mm-hmm. build up a bit more self-reliance and, uh, you know, develop your navigation skills. So, yeah. yeah. Excellent. Thanks, Dave, again, and thank you, everyone, for listening. We are going to be taking a short break for a couple of weeks. Stay tuned to our social media as we announce when we're back. If you've enjoyed this episode or any other episode of Real Trail Talk, then please rate us on whatever platform you're currently listening to us on. Ratings really help for us to reach an audience and for people who maybe are looking to learn about the outdoors in Western Australia and Australia in general. If you had any questions or any suggestions for future episodes, you can email us at realtrailtalk at gmail.com or you can contact us through our social media channels.